Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another week of the Press Next Podcast. We are so happy that you are giving us a listen today. Yes, welcome back. And if you are new, welcome in. If you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for the watch. Go ahead and click that subscribe. Listen, if you are new, we are a podcast. We talk about movies, TV shows, documentaries, and what's the real life application? We love them. It's entertaining. But how do they pertain to us in real life? What connects us to them? Exactly. Why are we so drawn to them? Things of that nature. So we appreciate you tuning in and listening. And uh, for those who are, you know, avid fans, what up, though? We love y'all. We, mm-hmm. love, we love everybody, but we love y'all. Sure do. You feel me? Um, Katie was in California last week, so we had a, a little tough time recording. And so we are back and we may even give you a kind of a double feature this week. <laughs> hey, that's supposed to be a surprise. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I look at me. I'm revealing things I'm not supposed to reveal, but we are excited to be back and recording. Very happy. Uh, do want to uh, talk about how we are still doing our fright fest uh, through this month. La- we've watched so many movies, so many scary movies. Uh, my rental bill is probably sky high right yes. now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we didn't even look up to see where these movies were available. We just made the list. So, um, we have been having to rent those $4 movies from Amazon Prime. Yes. And so that's fine. I'm like uh, very much so a note for next year. Yes. I'll make multiple yeah. lists. All right? I need to make like a, <laughs> a Netflix, Netflix list, list. a who, Shutter yes. list, a Prime list. Uh, I'm going to make multiple lists. True. Um, because your boy is out here. It's tough. But we are dedicated. We are. So we have watched them all. And honestly, the only one that like... The only movie that I was like, eh, on so far is like Trick or Treat. Yes. Okay. So I did put that on the list because I had never seen it. Um, But every time, I think I talked about this before. I had never seen the movie, but every time I go into Spirit, the Halloween store, there's a whole section that's Trick or Treat. And that little character is everywhere. And so I didn't really understand it. And so I wanted to watch it that way I could understand it. And maybe I would also love it, but I did not. You still don't understand it? I did not love it. It looks like, I think the character itself is just kind of a creepy character. Yeah. That's why it's popular. Yeah, I think so too, because after watching it, I was like, why is this so popular? And why is this, why does this deserve its own section and spirit? You know what I'm Facts. saying? The movie, the movie is definitely donkey cheeks, but it is great that uh, every once in a while we get something that kind of humbles us because right. we do be watching some good movies. That's true. So it's good to have um, an opposition to the stuff that we have been watching. But listen, do y'all want to know what we are watching currently? Besides Gilmore Girls. <laughs> uh, yeah. she Listen, when I tell y'all Katie cannot take her eye. the way i can't take my eyes off a of tiktok is how katie is glued on this gilmore girl okay every time i turn the corner she watches gilmore girl but to be fair i have a bad problem with following through if a show has multiple seasons so like one season two seasons i'm good now if you get into like four five six seasons i tend to fall off right about season two or three i just like 
I'm so gung-ho and I watch it all the time and then I burn myself out and then I never finish it. But I am pushing through with Gilmore Girls. Are you almost finished? I am. I am on season five and I think there are six seasons. And then um, technically there's six seasons of Gilmore Girls and then there's a year in the life that takes place like, you know, afterwards. So... We'll see. I'll report back on that. But this is my first time ever okay, watching it through. And I know a lot of people have been telling me, yes, that's my favorite fall show to watch. So I'm very... Well, kudos to them and kudos to you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. But what we are watching, and we had to. We had to do something about this. And we're going to give you more on this. We had Season three of You just came oh, out on Netflix. Oh, my God. And as as toxic as this show is, it is very captivating. It is so captivating. And also my anxiety is like through the roof the whole time. Yes. This season is a uh, very much of a roller coaster. Because right when you, I feel like so far, right when you kind of, you get down of like, oh, nothing's happening. Something big yes, happens. Yes, of course. Every time when you're like, oh, we're good now. Something big happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh Hey, you are in for a surprise. This episode, we're going to be talking about the first two episodes of You, you. Season 3. Okay, so if you watch the so- show, that's great. Go ahead and listen to this episode. If you don't watch the show, uh, we are definitely about to put in some spoilers. So, mm-hmm. um, Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler alert! Also, yeah, definitely. In, um, I guess in celebrating our one year... Which yes. this is our first podcast since our one year anniversary of, turn up, of turn the up. podcast. Um, we're kind of taking it back this week. So we are going to do what we started with, with Nurse Ratched, And we are going to break down this uh, by the first two episodes. And we're going to kind of have the same format as we did with those first uh, couple of podcast episodes. So yes. taking so it back to our roots. An OG. If you're an OG listener, an OG pressy, whatever. A pressy? You are about to... Yeah, you're I like pressy, that. You know what I'm saying? I know. If you're an OG pressy, then this will be very familiar to you because this is how we started. Uh, so, show, 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 show. So, without any further ado... Get into it, yeah. drum roll. Hey, shout out Doja, man. That album is so amazing. We about to get into it right now. Netflix original, you press next if you don't want to listen to it because you haven't watched it. Mm-hmm. But because we about to take you for a ride, and we're just doing the first two episodes. A ride. We're only doing the first two episodes. We'll be back with more episodes about the other two. But here we go. I think it's important to let everybody know where do we leave off with you? Season two. Mm-hmm. The main character, my guy Joe. Actually, he's not really my guy, but our guy <laughs> Joe. Joe is about to kill love. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily mean love figuratively. I'm talking about love the person. He got a knife to her throat. And what did she say? No, no, I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. That's what what she said. And Joe did not kill her because Joe was convinced and was told that the baby would be a girl. Mm -hmm. That's where we left off. We know they moved to the suburbs. And then he had a, uh, and so, his eye on a neighbor. Yeah, because remember through that's how fence. he looked through the fence. Mm-hmm. So we were like, uh-oh, who is that? Mm-hmm. Who is through the fence? You're on the other side. Maybe it's somebody from the past. Who is and he's she? like, oh. Well, let us tell you from the jump. 
So season three kind of opens like this. With obviously the recap, because you know Netflix does their recap mm-hmm. thing. And it's they got a newborn baby. But to his surprise, and honestly to everybody else's surprise, because he's been going on talking about this baby girl, he has a baby boy. Mm-hmm. Now, why this like peeves Joe? I have no idea. No idea. But this pisses Joe off pretty mm-hmm. much. Because he feels like he can't connect to this baby. So right. he thinks he has a baby girl. They go to the hospital. She gives birth. Congratulations. It's a baby boy. And he's literally holding the baby like, wait, 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 wait. Y'all said it was supposed to be a mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> and the nurse pretty much says like, well, his thing was too small. So <laughs> essentially. Am I lying? Did she say that? I don't know. She said that. <laughs> I don't remember. But she did. She said like, oh, you know, he was, it, it must have been hiding or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... You know, I'm I'm interpreting that like <laughs> the way guys is, is, interpret uh, things versus the way <laughs> girls interpret things. Facts. Oh my gosh, did we just fall into that? Look at that. <laughs> Here I am, penis envy. Right. <laughs> uh, Freud would be so so happy uh, to know that we are talking about how we think about that and why men are so just fixated on phallic things. Phallic. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Um, basically in episode one, basically. what we see is, yeah, basically what we see is they come home, they're supposed to be living like, you know, the classic, their parents, their brand new parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing love connect with the baby more than Joe connect with the baby. Mm-hmm. And Joe's kind of becoming fixated on his neighbor. Mm-hmm. His neighbor's name is Natalie. We don't know this yet, but he gets, he becomes a little fixated on his neighbor. Mm-hmm. And of course, Joe, when he has a fixation, does what Joe does. Which he's a little pervert, mm-hmm, really. Mm-hmm. He follows her around, makes excuses. He goes and um, they have, I think one of their first encounters um, is in a grocery store parking lot. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, and sorry for the graphic nature, but he's in a parking lot beating his meat. Yeah. He's a weirdo. Like, he's such a weirdo. But he's been beating his meat since uh, season one. Right. Remember in the first season yes. when he was like outside the window? Yes. When his girl was getting piped down by somebody else? Yes, I do remember that. But like... I guess I forgot about it until watching this. And I was like, wow, what a creep. (laughs) Yes. He's disgusting. Okay. Um, But anyway, so he's in, he's, he's doing his business in a parking lot and she walks up to him and knocks on the door and offers him some condoms Mm -hmm. and uh, another thing. And, and Joe takes this as like, oh, she's (laughs) in diapers, diapers and some condoms. Right. What a, what a match. (laughs) What a match. And so J- Joe is like, oh, she's definitely flirting, she's Wait, feeling, is she flirting yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's feeling me. You know what I'm saying? So, so then he has a, like a renewed. Now he's definitely fixated. Mm-hmm. Now, because he got to because that's Joe's thing. If you, I feel bad, bad for anybody who flirt with Joe, right? Because Joe is so narcissistic, he immediately thinks. Or if you're even just if, nice to him by accident, just nice. <laughs> if you're just nice to him by accident, he like, oh, she feeling mm-hmm. me. She into me. I gotta stalk this girl, right? And now that I'm thinking about it. It's probably a lot of women who feel that way about a lot of men out here today. Hmm. Yeah. Can you see that? Do you feel that? I way? am a woman, so yes, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm 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 thinking, have you ever felt that way? Is the question. Um, I mean, where you think you can't really be nice to somebody? Not to this extent, but yeah, the, I mean, and I think especially when we're younger, when guys don't have the emotional intelligence to 
decipher flirting versus being nice. Mm. Um, it can definitely be like that. And you're just like, dang, I was just nice to you. I wasn't trying to lead you on, you know? Yeah, well, Joe thinks that everybody leading mm-hmm. him on. So as we move along, he goes home and he's still fixated. So he's still following her. He follows her to the library. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Perry's in here dreaming. That's funny. Um, he follows her to the library in the library. He has a, you know, a baby strapped to his chest, but here's the kind of interesting thing that happens in the library. She peeps Joe. And this is important. Y'all have to catch this. Natalie sees Joe. Mm -hmm. All the times Joe is in the window and thinks that Joe is not, is being like inconspicuous and not being seen. Mm -hmm. Natalie sees him. Natalie saw him in the parking lot. That's why she brought him diapers and condom. Natalie saw him in the library and she gave the the cashier, the person at the front desk who runs the library, a book for Joe. Library. So that the library, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, goodness gracious, why how did I miss that <laughs> one? Anyway, she Natalie gives the librarian uh a, a book for Joe. And when Joe kind of comes up, Joe's trying to act like, you know, he's mm-hmm. supposed to be there. And the librarian's like, Yeah, all right, well, she left this for you. So in this moment, and this is episode one, we're really figuring out. Even though Joe's an idiot and he doesn't see it, mm-hmm. Natalie knows a lot more about Joe than Joe thinks. Right. Which was interesting because he's such a creep. How did he not notice her seeing Facts. him? You know? Sometimes. Noticing you, know, you. Noticing uh-huh. me. She's better at it. She's definitely better at it. Um, it's also, we can break that down too along gender lines. But uh, anyway, so... The book that that um, she picks is specifically a book that, again, he feels like, oh, she's flirting oh, this, with me. Yeah, this book was confirmation that she's definitely flirting. Oh, yeah. So now he ramps up his, his sickness even further. Mm-hmm. And he goes back home. And here's one of the coldest scenes in the first episode. He goes upstairs and he's looking in the, from, his, from his bedroom. He's looking down into his neighbor's backyard. And he gets a call from a random number. Mm-hmm. This random number, no call ID, he answers it. She walks out in her backyard and starts talking to him. So she got his phone number, calls him, and like, hey, come to, come meet me for a drink in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Of course, Joe goes because Joe is Joe. And mind you, y'all probably asking, where's Love? Well, Love and Joe got into a fight. Love took the baby. And let me just pause real quick. The baby's name is Henry. Love and Love's mom... Call the baby 40. Mm -hmm. Love's uh, departed brother. Mm -hmm. So rest in peace to him. So that's a little awkward. But Mm -hmm. and every time they call him 40, uh, Joe is like, his name is Henry. Every single time. Mm -hmm. That would piss me off. Like, I'm not even going to front. That would piss me off 100%. Yeah, me too. But anyway, they go down there. And uh, Joe is now in the backyard with Natalie. Natalie gives us a lot of information about her husband who's never there, but he's huge in tech Mm -hmm. and his tech is in cybersecurity. So he's got the house all got all the cameras in the house. Right. And I feel like that may play into something later. Oh yeah. I mean, it has to hundred percent, hundred percent. So he does everything cybersecurity, but also like tracking and everything else. And the only place in the house, apparently that, uh, he can't see is in the backyard because the cameras broke. Mm -hmm. Well, they go inside. She turns off all the cameras. They go inside. You know, they're still drinking. She cuts her hand and um, listen to this. 
she rich as hell. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Go ahead, Katie. Tell, tell, tell them why this lady is rich. Because okay? they're in a nice neighborhood. Um, she takes off her cashmere scarf and wraps her hand in it. I wouldn't even wrap my hand in Who my old navy scarf. Cashmere. We don't even wrap our hand in the dish towels that we yeah. got, that we got mm. from like Marshalls. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> what you be? I'm trying to wash off and see and get a band aid mm-hmm. that I got from CVS. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she she puts that there, and why is that important? We'll talk about it. She wraps that up, so there's blood on the cashmere uh, scarf, and now uh, you know they're they're still drinking, they're still talking, and yada yada yada. Well, they do share a, a moment. Mm-hmm. They did not have sex. But they shared a moment, an intimate kiss. Joe, though, and to his credit, I will give him credit I was for very this. shocked. I was very shocked. Me too. I will give him credit for this. Joe is actually trying to change. He is trying to be a better person. He is trying to not kill anybody, not cheat. He's trying to just do what he's supposed to do mm-hmm. to now give Henry a better life and have Henry not turn out like him. Mm-hmm. So kudos to Joe. Even though, And I say kudos, and he's he literally doing a bare minimum. Right. He's still cheating. Right. He kissed her. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Right. Absolutely. But he's st- he doing a bare minimum. But us knowing Joe, this is a step up. Mm-hmm. Because he definitely, old Joe would have moved the glass off the counter and got them cheeks. Mm-hmm. This Joe stopped her and said, I can't do this. Right. And went to the, now this is where it gets a little disgusting though. This man kept the, kept her stuff. You know, of course, he snuck through a room mm-hmm. and everything else, got some panties and everything else. Well, she took him to the room and he yeah, and yeah, she yeah, kicked yeah. over the panties and he grabbed them, of course. And he kept them. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to the house and makes love to his love. Very passionate love. Mm-hmm. Mind you, him and love ain't been having sex. Right. So this is kind of this is disgusting because really what he's doing is having sex with Natalie in his head. Mm-hmm. But he's having sex with his wife physically. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, so that's that's pretty much the first episode halfway through. Because let me tell you what happens in the second half. Natalie and Love meet. Next door neighbors. Seems like a great relationship. Mm-hmm. They're the two kind of outcasts in the friend groups of the area. Why? Because the other friend group, like Shelly. Who is Shelly's little minion? Sherry. Shelly is a girl. Sherry, I'm sorry. Sherry is a first off she's black too so it kind of pisses me off in the show let me tell you why sherry's a black woman she is the most prissy uptight woman in the whole show she piss everything mm-hmm. is she's she's very self-centered mm-hmm. everything's about her uh she's a mom really fluencer Duh. she's a mom fluencer is that even a, that's the thing it, i gotta be 100 percent is a thing I'm talking counting macros. Don't eat no sugar. Can't won't let her kids have sugar. Cause I mean fruit because it got sugar in it. That type of person. Mm-hmm. So love and um and Natalie are kind of like the outcasts. Would you agree? Of of yes the neighborhood of the of the town. Yes, I would agree. They don't they don't do the whole athleisure right. Mm-hmm. They don't wear all the stuff like that. So they're kind of the outcasts. So they've kind of grouped up and friend up. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the episode. Love tells Natalie, like, oh, I would, I want to bake. Like, I want to have a bakery. Well, Natalie, who works in real estate, is like, oh, I have some, I have some property for you if you really want to. Now, it's going to be a tough market out here. Like, these people only do keto. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to eat no sugar. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be tough for you. But if you really want to do it, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, because they're in Northern California. They're, exactly. They ain't nothing. So, here's how, here's when it gets, mind you, all of this kind of sounds boring, doesn't it? Right. Like, you're like, oh, okay, normal little episode. Mm-hmm. That's what we're watching. 
chilling on the couch. I'm like, oh, this is this is picking up. Maybe it's gonna be something, but it's a lot of storytelling. This is where stuff hits the fan. So, um, before we get into that, we do need to mention that Joe did tell Love that he went over to her house for a glass of wine. He did. He did say that. He told her that. Things got a little iffy. Let me tell you why. She, meaning Natalie, told Love, oh, it's a a shame I haven't had you both over. So Love's not like, oh, somebody lying. Mm -hmm. And if somebody lying, what are they lying about? Right. So there's already been a tiff about like, I did not have sex with this woman. I ain't cheat with on you or nothing mm-hmm. like that. We just went over there and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. There's already been an argument about that. They go see this commercial spot. In the midst of them seeing this commercial spot, she finds one of Joe's boxes. Y'all remember got Joe got these boxes? Yes. When he becomes you know obsessed what that means. with someone. When Joe has a box, it's a wrap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Joe got everything he need in that box. Well, during this time when she finds the box, she's enraged, of course, because this means that he is fixated on this neighbor. Right. And then she actually asked him that too. Do you have a fixation? Are you fixated on her? Because I know what it means if you're fixated on somebody. Joe said, no, I'm not. But Joe has this damn box mm-hmm. that has her panties. Oh, it also has a tampon. A used How disgusting tampon. is that? A used tampon. Joe, you're disgusting. And they're going to the basement. And she's so, y'all know who love is. She's so enraged. You know what she does? Mm -hmm. She took a damn axe. Was it a shovel? An axe. She took an axe. Lizzie Borden style. Yeah, she slit open Natalie's throat in the basement of the shop that she just signed a lease on for the bakery. Stupid. Impulsive, stupid and impulsive. And here's how the episode ends. She calls Joe and says, I think we need to go to couples therapy. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree, love. I think you need something. I think we need to go to couples therapy. That Man, let you call me on some BS like that. <laughs> um, so that's funny. I was like, couples therapy is funny. But however, the very next episode, do you want to know the name of the uh, episode? What? So I married an ex-murderer. <laughs> uh, and the entire episode is about them at a couple's therapy session. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily about them, but it goes back and forth between them being at this couple's therapy uh, um, episode. I mean, it starts off with him coming and cleaning up her mess, mm, of which course. is, um, you know, she just killed Natalie. Mm-hmm. And mind you, Joe's kind of like riding a high too because he's like, everything's kind of good right now. I have somebody who I'm fixated on, uh, but I'm not going to act on those things and I can still kind of make love to my wife and I can maybe get a connection with Henry mm-hmm. uh, and everything should be fine. But now Natalie is in a basement with blood pouring out of her dead. Right. So they get in an argument right then. Joe is like, "What? Like, I, how are you going to kill her? I told you we ain't, we ain't cheat. She's like, I, have, I found your boxes, bro. What you mean? So Joe got to take care of it. Joe picks the body up, takes the body where the body needs to go. And he's smart. So he's like, you're, you're, you need to be somewhere that makes sense, but your body needs to be somewhere else and your belongings need to be somewhere mm-hmm. else. So because she's a realtor, he texts, uses her phone to text somebody like, oh, I'm going to go up here to show off this Airbnb. Uh, he takes her out to the woods. He bears her body in the woods. He drives a car to the the house that he's supposed to go to that he's sitting a text message and then he walks like five, ten, eight miles or whatever. 
um, to catch a uh, an Uber or a, a taxi to go back to the house so that everything's kind of cleaned up. And we think everything is good, okay? He got rid of the body. He got rid of the stuff. It just looks like she just goes away. Mm-hmm. But obviously, this is the... This this brings tension in their relationship. And so they go to couples therapy mm-hmm. and they're talking about how they don't trust each other and things of that nature. Um, and it's very interesting. What else happens in episode two? Let me see real quick. Oh, the bakery opens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Towards the end, the bakery opens. Um, and so we know that that happens. So we'll see if that's successful. Also, though, they go to a party. And it's supposed to be a kid's party, but like this is not like a natural kid's party. They have like a TED Talk stage there. Yeah. Really weird. Uh, but it's a rich kid's party. It's what it is. They go to a party. And at that party, the, these people are all like wearing these rings. And so he Joe just falls into a conversation about how Natalie's husband, I think his name is Matthew. Natalie's husband is, this is new technology that her husband made mm-hmm. in that it has GPS tracker on it. And it can tell so, like your heart rate, your blood sugar, right, all that good all stuff. All of that blood so sugar, like all of that, rate. where you've been. Right. It's actually, mm-hmm. when I saw it, I was like, can we Google it? See if it's like a real thing. Yeah, that's smart. Um, Cause it's genius and it's amazing, but now, but this means, uh oh, it's oh shit for Joe, right? Yeah, because he was like, yeah, we all have them. So Joe is now thinking, oh, I saw that ring on Natalie's hand. Mm-hmm. So now they gotta move, they gotta go get the ring, move Natalie's body, and then put the ring somewhere else. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. <laughs> but Joe and the and the slick that he is decides to take love with him they go they get her body they break the ring off of her finger Mm. (laughs) uh they pick her body up and joe says there's a there's a development down here we could just dump her in the cement the cement will settle nothing will happen of her body will move the ring somewhere this is how sick joe is though he took out this woman's teeth so that she wouldn't have dental records yeah i mean sick but also genius i mean Yes, but that just goes. She was to like, sh- "Why does she look like that?" <laughs> <laughs> that just goes yeah, to show, like, out. how Skilled psycho he how, is. Like, he's done this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he doesn't want to get caught, right. and that's the thing. And the, the thing is, he that's why he left where he was. Right, mm-hmm. he left L.A. to go to where he is now because he didn't want to be caught. He wanted to live the life in the white picket fence and everything mm-hmm. else, and he had that, and everything was smooth until one his addiction came of him again and two love killed natalie right. so now they're in, a, in the same shithole they've been in since they were in la right and so they dump her body they have some arguments again the the the, the screen is going back and forth between them uh and counseling kind of discovering themselves and letting it all out and learning how to communicate effectively and what's going on in present time and stuff like that mm-hmm. so you you see like a whole counseling situation mm-hmm. But towards the end, they're like, maybe nobody will ever notice. Matthew's never home, so he never notices. Uh, and so it's not going to be a big deal. Right. I should let you know, though, during this time, Love meets this guy in the parking lot of the grocery store. And this guy is just really flirting with her. And she kind of wards him off. But later on that night, to try to gain, this is kind of a smart play, a very smart play, actually. Matthew's home and to try to gain if he knows what's going on or not she brings over some cupcakes and stuff some treats mm-hmm. over to say hey howdy neighbor 
What's going I on? I opened a bakery. I haven't really met you. Here you go. I opened a bakery. <laughs> you know, can you boom, boom, boom. He goes over there. Guess who answers the door? That kid. That kid who she ran into at the grocery store opened the door. So now it's like, oh, shit. I know him. He knows me. And he lives next door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Matthew comes. And it's like, it's not a good time right now. It kind of closes the door on her. Mm-hmm. Takes the cupcake, shuts the door real fast. And so it's very apparent that Matthew knows what's going right. on. Something is half. Something is afoot. Something is afoot. And so she rushes back to the house and tells Joe, hey, they know. She knows. Mm-hmm. She knows. Mm-hmm. And I know she knows. Um, and so that is essentially what happens in episode two. There's a lot of ins and outs in episode two that you really have to. Episode one is probably a great recap that we did. But episode two, you really have to mm-hmm. get the intricacies of what happens in between the minutes of them burying um, Natalie's body the first time, them burying it the second time, and then Matthew getting home and figuring out there's something wrong with Natalie. Um, have I been saying her name wrong? It is Natalie, correct? It's Natalie, yeah. Okay. Anyway, wild, wild first two episodes of this damn of show. Of course. And we knew, we knew it was going to be wild. Because it always Every is. Every single time. Right. And you would think like, okay, the end of the first episode was she killed somebody. The start of the first episode, they buried her body. Halfway through, they have to unbury it and move right. it. Right. I really thought it was going to be like buried it. Okay, now the rest of the season is how are we covering this up? Right. Nah, they said this is probably the minor part. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is the this is the minor. We're yeah. going to fuck you up all season yeah. long. This is the minor role because now the you know the police are probably going to get involved and stuff like that. Um, she the Natalie ring. the 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 ring right Natalie the last person that she saw was love mm-hmm. when she was signed the lease for the shop which it was an idiot if you think about it an electrical document so you or an electric what electronic <laughs> yeah, electrical, sorry yeah. sorry my brain just shorted out um an electronic document an elect- so. It probably has a timestamp on it. Right. And so, like, it there's it a lot of stuff that's going mm-hmm. on. And a lot of pinging. And does the ring know when your heart stops? There's so much right. stuff that happens in the first two episodes, right? That set up the next episodes. So, it is it is wild. Please watch it. If you have not watched it, you can watch it in the first two episodes. Or you can binge it. Uh, what are your thoughts on, like, binging? Okay. So... I was thinking about it with this show because we were talking about breaking it down episode by episode and I love to binge watch a TV show. I love to just sit down and watch it all, right? But sometimes I think about how that takes out... Okay, here's my thoughts on it. We live in a society that is so much instant gratification. We need everything now. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. needs to be now. If it doesn't happen now, we don't care. Our attention span does not last that long. So it needs to be now up front. And that's sad to me because think about it. They spend so much time um, recording and and producing this show and we finish it in a weekend as a society, you know, because I feel like a lot of people probably binge watched it and completely finished it already and now you have to wait (laughs) and it's like dang we just put it out and now y'all want more i don't know i feel that and also what's like how do i say this you remember back in the day 
or why we remember all of the the shows from back in the day. Yes. You, like, here's my theory. The reason why I think we remember all the shows from back in the day and we don't remember nothing right now is because when we binge watch shows, it's all just like information regurgitation. Right. Regurgitation. Regurgitation. So back in the day, because we had to wait for the next episode, we would watch an episode of a show. We would wait all week and we would talk to our friends in school and everybody mm-hmm. about it. Oh, what's going to happen? Boom, boom, boom. And then we watch that next episode and then we do the same thing. We go to school. We talk about it. You see the episode? Boom, boom. Right. We had to wait another week. So it was all the things that tied to the episodes that we watch. And it just oftentimes we're like, I should go pick up. I should not have to. If I want to watch you season three, I shouldn't need a recap. You know what I'm saying? Right. We watch so much. And here's the here's the issue and why I think we we binge watch. It's because one, we don't want to miss out as humans be, human mm-hmm. beings. Fear of missing out is like a huge, huge right. Thing. Everybody's talking about it. We want to know what they're talking about. Right. Exactly. And not even that. You want to be a part of the conversation, but something will get spoiled on 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 Twitter or something like mm-hmm. that, and you're like, oh dang it, I didn't even get a, a chance to finish right. it before I saw it. Whereas when we got it as one episode. We all got it at the same time. We're all watching at the same time, so nothing could get spoiled. Mm-hmm. We we saw the ending when the ending was supposed to be the ending, right? Um, but there's just so much out there that it's not really feasible for you to watch. I mean, I guess it, it could be for you to watch episode by episode. It's, it's almost the way I feel about nine one one. We're watching it every single week. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. I remember the episodes of nine one one more than I remember most shows. Because we binge watch all the other shows. Right. And so we just get through it and we forget all the intricate details of what happened in every single episode. Right. So I think there's like a, while I do enjoy the binge, I really do. And it's literally the, the platform mm-hmm. of our podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it helps memory wise if you do not. Right. If you can take in one or two episodes at a time and give it a break and wait a couple of days or wait a day taking one or two episodes, wait a day, taking one or two episodes, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to retain more information because you're going to think about it more. You're going to think about uh, what happened more. You're going to anticipate it more before you click play the next and time. And you can simmer on what you just saw. Exactly. And you're not going to be distracted. How, how often do y'all... Let's, and, and be real with yourself. How often are you... If you're going to binge watch a show that's 10 episodes and they're all out an hour long, that's 10 hours. So you could watch it in a day. Mm-hmm. In that 10 hours... Are you pausing it every time you get up to go pee? No. You're probably going to scroll your phone because somebody's going to text you? Yes. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's much more feasible to put your your phone away for an hour right. or two than it is for 10. Right. Yeah. So that's my whole thing on, um, on binge watching is just, and I guess just social media and the internet in general like social media, all these streaming platforms, everything is at the tip of our fingers, literally. And we just take for granted everything that we have, you know, like it's so easy to just watch a whole show in one sitting, or it's so easy to just find out the answer to something instead of like, you know, and so waiting for that. Right. Or, you know, like who, who is, who wins the bachelor? Okay, we can can look that up and and see, you know, Reality Steve before watching the whole season. And it's just like things like that that I feel like we take for granted. But we also, 
it takes away the small things that I enjoy about life. And not everybody's like this. Of course, everybody has differing opinions and some people enjoy having everything right there at the tip of their fingers. But for me, I kind of miss that about childhood and watching something every week. I remember always waiting for the next new episode of Hannah Montana. And I felt like there was always new episodes of Hannah Montana, but then you look back and there's only like two or three seasons, you know? Right. Because in those seasons, they're like, they're like 50 weeks long. That's so it's like true. one season is a year long. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but it true. was, that was 52 weeks where we had to wait. Yeah. We had to wait every week. And, but it was something oh, new every oh, single week. Oh, oh. Um, you know, shout out to those was old my, shows. But, did you hear me? That was my Hannah Montana. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I agree. And 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 also we live in a <clears throat> in this economy? No, I'm just joking. In we this economy? In society where um everybody just wants to be first. Right. So that's it's that's really the the probably the, the largest issue. People just want to be first, right. man, on everything. And I just thank God I think sometimes that we, this kind of Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say I think sometimes it's a nice little reminder to slow down and and enjoy and really soak in what we're given instead of just like eating everything at once, right? Because if you're given a cake and you eat the whole cake in one sitting, you're probably going to have a stomach ache. But if you eat one piece of cake every day, you're going to be satisfied for that many days, you know? So sometimes mm-hmm. we just got to slow down and soak in things that's around us instead of um, taking everything in at once. And that's for everything. I'll- this all started off on a TV show, but this is my basis for everything in life. Like, this is a metaphor for life. Indeed. Uh, meanwhile, I'm still going to binge watch. I'm just joking. I, yes, uh, I'm going to watch this, you know, you know um, as much as we can. Even because we gave it a break. I think we watched the uh, first two episodes and then we gave it a break and we came back and the watched two more day, episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and, and it was fine. It was great. We had time to do that. And then we stopped and we say, no more, no more, no miles, no miles. Mm-hmm. Um, that we do that literally every time when we say stop. We're like, no more, no more, no more. Uh, and then we true. move on to something different or watch something live. But anyway, so let's let's get into our normal kind of breakdowns real quick and let's let's talk about it. So both episodes, scale of one to ten, how'd you feel about them? Ten being um, uh, the greatest TV show episode you've ever seen, one being uh, straight donkey cheeks. Yeah, I feel like right now I'm at a nine. I mean, it's good. I'm hooked. I'm not disappointed in anything yet, so... I feel that I want to say like a like a seven point five. My one issue with you has always been that I do not believe that these episodes should be one hour long. No, I don't believe. I think they got a lot of fluff. I don't think that everything that they put in the episode is very needed. I think there's areas they could have cut out that don't play into the story. They really draw some of the stuff out. Some of the conversations between love um, and the and the kid and and stuff like that. I just don't think needed to either be in there or they could or the the uh, the um, the focus they put on sherry Mm, yeah you know some of them scenes i don't need them scenes but that makes me think that they're building up her character for something else in the future right and i don't disagree with that but it's very obvious now that she don't have an issue going on you know what i'm saying it's not like if any if any she's not gonna be a killer right you know, if anything, she gets she get killed, maybe. But even parts of them, I just think that it could pace better. Is what right. I'm trying to say. Okay. They, I think it can pace better, and with that, I don't think it needs to be an hour or so. 
I, I, I guess that's my critique. That's why I give it a seven point five right now. Pacing. Okay. That's it. Okay. I think the second episode pacing way much better. Yeah. Than the first episode. I think so too. Um, but pacing, pacing, pacing. Okay. Favorite scene. What was your favorite scene? Episode one or two. What was your? Oh my! Yeah. Well, you want me to go first? Okay. So my favorite scene is kind of a two-folder one. So the second episode, the entire time they're going between the counseling session. Mm-hmm. So they would say something in a counseling session and they're being cryptic. And here's why I like it. Mm-hmm. Because when the counselor asks you something and you answer the statement, here's how most people do. Most people are as, especially when you're in the first couple of sessions, you're not really that vulnerable. You don't want to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So you kind of speak in metaphors or kind of like around a topic. Right. And so you'll say something like, um, I don't know. I just may just die. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Do that. And what you're thinking about is like actually committing suicide. You know what I mean? And kind of wanting the counselor to sift through that Mm -hmm. because you won't use direct communication. Mm -hmm. That's what they did the entire episode was they would say something like, I just got really mad and I broke a vase. Well, she's not talking about breaking a vase. She's talking about she got mad and slit somebody's, somebody's throat. throat with an axe. Right? Yeah. And then they go to that. So she says, oh, I broke a vase and they immediately cut to her, you know, killing somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 the back and forth of that. It's what she's saying is not matching what is in her mind. Right. And that was a great visual representation and of Joe that. Knows I enjoyed it too. that. Right. I enjoyed that. And it also shows that they're connected and Joe knows what's in her head mm-hmm. and she knows what's in Joe's head, right? Mm-hmm. So as much as they say to themselves they need couples therapy, they're actually very connected to each other. They're just both being really petty. Right. So I like that about the episode because um, it was, I think, a very brilliant way to show this is what actually be happening in your mind during counseling. Right. Uh, you be thinking about other stuff, but you'll say something different. Right. And I think I agree with you. That's why I told you to go first. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is I think that um, there's a there's an amount of foreshadowing mm. that happened that I like. Okay. Explain. And it was really with the scene when, remember when they're moving her body, mm-hmm. they're moving Natalie's body, and he immediately had a, a plan of we can dump her in the cement pit and boom, boom, boom. And she said, do you just, is that all you do? Is everywhere that you look is thinking where you're going to stash your next body? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I had a backup plan, right? There's two things that happen here. We learn about Joe. Mm-hmm. What, we all know, what we've always known about Joe, he's very meticulous. Right. And Joe, in a lot of ways, this is so weird. He's kind of, like, I understood him in that moment. Oh, I have backup plans about everything. 100%. You always have five plans. Every t- Five plans in my head. Corey if has, the first one don't work, we move into the next Corey one. has five plans mapped out that are like... perfectly thought out plans. Like if this doesn't work out, then we're going to do this or we're going to do this or we're going to do this. Meanwhile, I'm like, we're going to do this. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll just go with the flow. Right. No, we are very much (laughs) like he keeps me grounded because let me tell you, I am the go with the flow and he is the, I have 10 plans and you're All love and I'm Joe when it comes to this, hey, right? Chill out. Like, no, 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 I'm not saying that we like you're just very Joe is very calculated and you're very impulsive, right? Mm, I am very and, impulsive, and, yes, mm-hmm. and I'm very calculated it's, when it comes to our relationship. Now, we ain't killing nobody. Speaking obviously. of impulsive, um, Old Navy's having a 50% off sale. Look at you, <laughs> look at you. 
Um, but I have these plans, right? And mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. So I really felt like I connected with him. But here's a foreshadow in that. When she said, I think it was a powerful moment, she was like, do you have that for me? Have you already thought about like mm, mm-hmm. what you going to do with me? Right. Joe has. 1,000% oh, he has. Well, he was almost about to kill her. So of course he has. I know. Right. Um, but... That was just like, to me, I think that's part of a foreshadow. Right. Well, and no, I agree with you. That's a good point. I think it's also important to note that like in their argument, he was like, I can't do anything without you reacting. I told you that I didn't have an affair with this woman and you killed her. If I don't show you interest, you're going to kill someone. Like, I yes. can't not give you 100% all the time because if I don't give you 100%, you are going to kill someone. And I think that that's a parallel into how do we see that in regular life? Maybe not kill someone. Right. But we see this in relationships all the time. Yeah. Especially when the like, um, typically in relationships where two people get in a relationship and one person's like, you can't be with your friends anymore. Right. Or I'm jealous of the time you get to spend with your friends. Right. It, this is the same really breakdown, right? It's Ooh, the same thing. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's the same breakdown. The issues become in the relationship when I show somebody else attention, even when I'm telling you I ain't do nothing with this person. Now, we know as viewers that Joe lied. He could have, he should have told the entire truth, not the partial mm-hmm. truth. Right? Mm-hmm. So he told the partial truth. He didn't tell the whole truth. Right. But, nonsense out of 10 we're talking about regular life these people out here telling the truth but when we don't get that attention or somebody who is like love doesn't get that attention they immediately do something to, to get it mm-hmm. well i can get your attention i'm gonna go kill somebody i get your attention you'll focus 100 on me i'm gonna take out everything so you can focus 100 on me right and that's not easy for somebody who is like joe who has never given their 100 to anybody right as far as attention right i give you 100 now that doesn't mean I'm going to give it to you in an hour when forever. I do eight other things. Right. Or forever. You know what I'm saying? Like the relationships are ups and downs. Right. So it just it's not really feasible. And we're learning that and we know that about their relationship. Their relationship does not work. Mm-hmm. They're both killers. They kill differently. Mm-hmm. Joe is a planned killer, which helps him escape more. If anybody who can get away with killing is Joe. Right. Love don't even have a plan when she kill people. She just kill them. <laughs> and hope that people fix their situation. True. This is in an insight to who they are as people. That's what they do. True. They do shit. Love does shit and hopes people clean it up. Joe is calculated about all his moves. Almost uh, it, like disgustingly though. Yeah. That's his fixation. So what about you? Favorite scene? Um. No, I agree with you. The... The therapy and the going back and forth is very interesting because, like you said, it's a real application to life when you are talking to someone and maybe you're giving metaphors because you don't want to open up completely because, like Joe said, I don't want to open up completely because I'm afraid of what they might see. Or what did he... It right. was something like that. He essentially says, I don't want I don't want people to see who I really yeah. am. I'm, a, I'm afraid that if they see who I really am, they're going to leave me. Right. Right? Which was what Love said as well. Right. Well, Love said... Th- their fear is that people are going to leave. Right. Fear of abandonment. L- 
Right. Love's fear is based in something different. Right. But Joe's fear is based in if people see who I really am, they're going to leave me. Nobody won't want anything to do with me. Right. And and remember, Joe, you know, his parents left him. He was an orphan. Mm-hmm. And so abandonment is huge for him. Right. Family is everything for love. She sinks herself into it because she doesn't want to be abandoned. Mm-hmm. So they both have abandonment issues. They're very much alike, but they're just different. It's just such a... Right. That's, this is why I like this show. This is why I love this show. It shows how two people who are polar opposites mm-hmm. are exactly alike. Right. Because she comes for money. That's how they have that house. And he broke as hell. He come, like he came from nothing. Right. He was an orphan, you know, living in, in a basement of a bookshop. Right. So it's just, oh yeah. man, I love so that. So that would also be my favorite. Okay. I, I, I'll mess with that. I like that. Episode two is one of my uh, favorite episodes of this entire um, series, BT-Dub. So is there any scene that was like the worst scene for you? <laughs> for me, the worst scene would be when they had to go and dig up the body and break her finger to get the ring off. I was just like, ugh. No, because I was when yeah, they were a little icky. when they were doing it, I was just like picturing what it would be like in that moment because I'm sure it smells. Oh, terrible. And then her body's decomposing, she ain't got no teeth. And I gotta break her finger to get the ring off. Blech. And they had and they had baby Henry out there too. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm, gross. I feel that. Worst worst scene for me, um would be Honestly, and this sounds so weird. Actually, it doesn't, but it's got to be a scene with Sherry. Yeah. She's the worst. It's the scene where they're like outside and they like become friends. Do you want to go latte with us? Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know. I just, the reason why I say it's the worst scene is because that's one of them scenes where I feel like I didn't need that. Right. To understand their relationship. I didn't need that scene. And then two... It's just too um, cliche. Yeah. It's chuggy. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> yeah, that's what they be saying. It's very chuggy. Very cliche. But I will tell you, um, I didn't have a scene where I didn't, well, I do. The scene where I, did, I had no clue I was there. Yeah. It was those type of scenes. Yeah. I but feel I'll move that. on. Is there a character that we love the most? Who do we love? Who do we love? Well, the only person that hasn't made me mad yet is the therapist. <laughs> This is true. This is true. And so she's probably my favorite, but I even asked you. So for those that don't know, Corey has a background in mental health counseling. And so, um, what clinical mental health counseling (laughs) while we were watching it, I was asking him, I was like, so is you said, is this how you counsel? Is this how you counsel people? Is this like, because Sometimes when we watch things and there's counselors, Corey will make comments on like, oh, this questioning is phenomenal or this is a really good counselor. This is exactly what I would do. Or, you know, like, because I feel like with TV shows and movies, you get things that aren't accurate, like Law and Order SVU. Okay. Or I just said SVU, but Law and Order in general or any kind of police show or medical drama or that's what they are. They're drama. So they're drawn out and they're exaggerated and it probably doesn't happen that way in real life. And so mm-hmm. I was wondering if this is something that is accurate. And you were like, go ahead. Tell them what yes. you're like. 
um, I was like, this is great. No, she does it. It's, it's phenomenal counseling and questioning. Mm-hmm. And I, and just so y'all know, I am not licensed or anything like that. I just went through the program and I do work where I do um, meet with a lot of people on a daily basis. And do, he has and everything talk. but the the license. <laughs> yes. But I have a bunch of people who I know who are LPCs and shout out to them. But with understanding how to counsel, and here's the thing. The reason why they're getting so good now, even the show that we watched not too long ago uh, that had a counselor in it. Mm-hmm. The reason why they're getting so good with writing these counselors in is because now they're actually focusing on bringing in counselors right. to in the writing room right. to say, what would you do? How, how do we make this real? Instead of the whole, tell me how that, how do you feel how about that? How do you that? feel about that? That's right. Not, right. You remember Which that? Which is like, that's what like we grew so stereotypical. up yeah. yeah. How does that like, make that's you what feel? They ask. It's like, no, that's not what they do. Right. We gonna, they gonna, you gonna get in there and get your ass kicked. Right. Because we gonna question you and bring out more of 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 what you have behind what you're trying to hide. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing that we have. I mean, we learn a skill and theories and practice and everything else, but the healing is inside of you. Mm-hmm. And I think what was super important that um, Dr. Chandra, I think is her name, um, mm-hmm. what she said that stuck out to me in one of the things is um, they were discussing and she's, threw out a problem out there. She was like, this is what, you know, here, here's a problem that y'all have. And they both agreed. And she was like, but this isn't, this problem isn't what's causing your issues. It is a problem. It is not the problem. And that really sat with me because I'm like, we always try to find the reason why something's off. And a lot of times we know exactly what it is, but we're trying to find something else. Right. Oh, yeah. 100%. So 100%. I thought that that was very interesting, and I really appreciated yeah, that. Yeah, she does a... The realness. An amazing job. And you can tell, with somebody like her, mm-hmm. and this is another thing to have a distinction. Somebody like her, you can tell this is her own private practice. Mm-hmm. She's not answering to a boss. Mm-hmm. She does not have, um, you know, some sort of... Uh, she's not in, a, like, a, a medical facility where there are certain things we have to do and it's based on like a lot of assessment mm-hmm. and you're kind of boom, boom, boom. Right. It's very, I wouldn't necessarily say mechanic, but you can tell she has the freedom to push limits. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm a little bit biased. That's where you get your best counsel. Right. When you have the freedom to push them limits to be like, you're bullshitting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get, you're bullshitting. Mm-hmm. You're not giving me anything. And if you don't want to get better, that's fine. It's, my, it's, it's time that you paying for anywhere. 100%. Like, I don't care. Especially it's time in you couples for therapy. Right. And and uh, I think one of my favorite parts of the therapist scene is when she was talking about love kept using we. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we would do this and we would. And she was like, cut that we shit out. I'm not talking about we. What do you feel like? Mm-hmm. What do you want to say? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And now shut up and let me hear from Joe because you're doing all the talking. Joe, you ain't saying nothing. Yeah. So, and Joe was like, uh, wow, mind you, she really thinks like she really wants to hear from me. Right. Like. Okay, let me go ahead and say nothing. And then Joe said something, and this was this was great. This is why I knew she was on her counseling shit right here. Okay, this this <laughs> what it was. Joe said something, and she was like, mm, "Your mouth said something, but your body did something different." You you saying? I hear what you saying. Your body's not saying that. Mm-hmm. You out here saying everything's good, but your body's not telling me everything's mm-hmm. good. So, tell me the truth, cause you're lying. Right. He was like, oh, no. And, it, and of course, Joe in his head is like, fuck, she's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why does she have to ask me a question? Mm-hmm. Um, 
but anyway, I enjoyed that and and shout out to her because she's a phenomenal. She's she's my favorite character too. Uh, she brings a lot of like realness to the situation, a little bit of levity towards the end when she talks about how uh, apparently the sex is better when you're a teammate. Um, maybe I jumped ahead on that, but we'll see. Uh, but anyway, she's she's great. She's the only character I feel like who hasn't made me mad either. Uh, so shout out to everyone else. Natalie honestly annoying. didn't make. <laughs> Right, uh, Natalie, Natalie also didn't make yeah. me. Yeah, she didn't make me mad either, um, and she really just caught a bad rap because she was just trying to have an innocent affair. And I say innocent. Uh, that's not what I mean. I was like, huh? Not saying that ain't I, no innocent affair. I'm not saying no. What I'm saying is she she wasn't her, trying Natalie, to physically hurt anyone. Right, and Natalie texted her friend and was like, "Should I bang the boring neighbor?" And that pissed Joe off. Joe was like, that's all I am to you? Right. Because Joe thought he was the bell of the ball, right? He was right. saving the day because Matthew not home and you wasn't and shit And she Natalie. was seeking him out. Right. You was just some dangling. So, like, I, I feel bad for Natalie. But Natalie didn't make me mad. But right. other than that, only person that hasn't pissed me off is the therapist. Right. So, I'm down with that. All right. Character uh, we love the most. Oh, no. Character we hate the most. Oh, my mm. God. I think we're together on this one, too. So, I have two. Um, one yeah, is love, for obvious reasons, because mm. why? That's just like, how many times did I say why watching this? Just yeah. why? Me too. Why I'm would like, you why, do that? Why would you? Don't. I should tell her, don't do it. Don't do it right before she do something stupid. Why would you do that? And then two, Sherry, because she is the epitome of annoying influencer culture oh my god oh my god they overdid it on her and they did it on purpose right as like almost like a satire they they overdid it but did they no they that's what i'm saying (laughs) you know because i feel like like there are definitely people like that right who are like she is the epitome of look at me look at me look at me look at Mm -hmm. me everything Everything in this show that happens, mm-hmm. she spends it on her mm-hmm. somehow, some way. And if you don't know, and that's why I'm always like this, like iffy about people who are quick to be out in front of uncertain things. Mm-hmm. And I question a lot of people's motives. It's performative. When it comes to like, it's very performative. And that this is probably the offensive lineman in me. We do work and we don't expect, you know, expect everybody praise because mm-hmm. nobody gives a damn about the offensive lineman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Only time people care about the offensive lineman is when they quarterback getting sacked. Right. Right, but nobody gives. They give the running back. They give the running back praise. They give Zeke Elliott the praise when he he runs over 100 yards. Mm-hmm. They don't think the lineman. Right. When Dak throws for over 450 yards, they don't think the lineman. Dak is cold. He top five. He, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We don't get the praise. We just gonna do the work. We right. get the praise from people inside. I feel the set like that's how I look at everybody in certain situations. Right. I'm like, why are you out here? If you really out here to do the work, what you doing? Why are you out here trying to get the praise for? Right. It? Trying to get the glory. Just do the work. People will see you. The people who matter will praise you. You don't need to be the person that's out in the forefront. So I'm so I do look at people a little weird. I'll be in certain situations. I'll be like, why are you why are you the one doing it? Mm-hmm. Why are you organizing this? Mm-hmm. I ain't never seen you a day in your life been passionate about the subject, but all of a sudden. True. <laughs> but God. <laughs> All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you BLM and uh and, and, and black circles and uh, uh black, black circles. posts on IG. <laughs> yeah, come on, bro. Come on, and we stand together. And all the, then all of a sudden, you got a black boyfriend. Uh, 
I'm not talking about nobody specifically. <laughs> I was I'm like, well, I'm sitting here gracious. like, um, this is getting no. specific, and, and I don't even know who you're talking about. Me? No, I'm not even talking about me. I'll be seeing. No, because I saw that all last year. I feel like, bro, with so many people during the. When when and when you know what I'm saying yeah. when George Floyd thing popped off, there was so many. It was so much performative stuff, bro. People calling my phone, everything else. I'm like, I ain't never in my life. Oh my gosh, do you remember when we were getting emails from companies like freaking Subway, <laughs> Subway Every sending day. out an email? <laughs> Black Lives Matter to us. <laughs> we do. And while you're at it and, and crying your tears, please come with our new olive sandwich. <laughs> crying your black tears. Yes. We're going to paint it black <laughs> and all the proceeds will go to, a, you know, get your black on, olives, <laughs> Nike. We, we stand with black lives and, and because we do, we're going to create a shoe that's black, that represents the black culture. We're going to sell it to black people for $200. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Get out of here with that, yeah. man. Get out of here, bro. We, if there's one thing and, and this is with any group, this is with any group. Women can sniff out a fake feminist fast. Mm-hmm. Same goes with any other marginalized group. True. That's a good point. We know because we know the struggle. If you're not real with it, we know it, man. Don't come here with that performative mess, bro. Right. Goodness gracious. And that's not to say you shouldn't help. This is my point, though. My point is that, bringing it back to the movie, my point is that if you're doing the real work, you're not performing. Mm-hmm. You won't need to be in front of everything. Mm-hmm. The camera will come to you. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the real work, the camera will come to you. Stop seeking it out. And that's what Sherry does. Sherry is a seeker. And a it just seeker. really pisses me off. She's a seeker. <laughs> um, so what What from this show, from these two episodes, do you apply to real life? One of the things that I take away that I think is really big, and I, and, and this is like a relationship thing. And I'm sorry if I get sappy here and I'm not necessarily <laughs> talking about my relationship with you or anything else, but relationships with people in general, especially when you get into marriage and things of that nature. Making a commitment to something and sometimes sticking it out even when your heart's not in it. Mm-hmm. And you have to find new love, mm-hmm. right? You got to find new love. You have to find new appreciation. Joe was on was quite literally on the verge of slitting love's throat. Mm-hmm. And is now sticking with her because he Friend wants to say cousin Henry, right? Mm-hmm. But remember at the end of the counseling. Oh, okay. I the counselor was about to said, say that. Y'all too. have to find, y'all have to find something. You're gonna cause it's gonna take work at the fight. Y'all got to find something that's worth fighting for. And don't say Henry. Because, because people say this all the time. They say, I'm gonna stay because of the child. And she said, if children were worth staying for we would have a lot less divorced parents. Yes. Yes. And that shit stuck me in the back. My parents aren't even uh, divorced. I know. I was like, oh, damn. I said, oh, she's damn. spitting. She's spitting facts because it's true. It is true. You have to find it's something so true. deeper than. You got to find yeah. something deeper. And that's why. I'm sorry. I'm about to go off on a tangent. When people ask me to like your kids over your wife and I say my wife and they go crazy. And I'll be trying to tell them that. It's obvious that the kids aren't enough. Right. Because if the kids were enough, people would still stay together. Right. And some, I mean, we don't have kids, so we're no experts, but it does, you know, sometimes seem like sometimes people separate because they put their kids above their marriage. And then when the kids leave or something happens, they're like, who are we as a couple anymore? Right. We're parents. We're not. 
we're not spouses. We're just parents. Exactly. So, so it's interesting. And but that was a that was speaking, a, you should put your spouse first. You know what I'm saying? We talking about it, you know what I'm saying? But if you're not, you know, biblical with it, we can get into some other stuff. But my that's my huge takeaway is that there's gonna be times in life, y'all, where um your heart is not gonna be in it at the moment or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to dig and find what it is that grounds you and connects you, mm-hmm. that you can find that new love, that new appreciation, that new passion. Mm-hmm. And that's with everything. And you yeah. see this in marriage a lot and friendships and everything else. You probably have friends that kind of fell by the wayside. Maybe you picked it up later or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to do the work and find it because if you don't find it, it will go. Right. Do not give up so easy. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I I like to work out. And so I will have this metaphor. It's like, your journey in the gym or your journey working out cannot just be looks or a a goal number like it can be but then what once you hit that goal number then what right so you have to find something deeper you have to have a purpose you can't just work out and say oh I want to lose 10 pounds and then I'm good because then once you lose that 10 pounds you're going to fall off or you're going to get discouraged at five pounds because it took you so long to get to five pounds how long is it going to take you to get to 10 pounds and so you have to find something that connects you to that. You have to find a reason. You have to have a why. Stay grounded. And that's deep. Stay grounded. Find that why. And what's crazy is this is what this is why we had this podcast. This is why we love this show. We just got to these revelations just by watching these two episodes. There's something to attach yourself with any good show, really. Yeah. Any good movie. There's something there that attaches you. The reason why you like the show is because there's something there that has attached you to it. Right. You feel some sort of connection to it. So that's that's what I got out of it. I'm glad that's what you got out of the first two episodes. Yeah. Um, and this is what we like to do. We like to just talk about stuff and expound on it and expand on it. Sometimes we be having revelations out of nowhere. We'd be like, dang, I didn't even think about that. Right. So I hope that you enjoyed this and I hope that it's a little something to pick your brain and maybe help you to think outside of the box because of course it's easy to just binge watch this and think it is what it is you know it's pretty cut and dry but when you actually break it down and think about the real life applications of it beyond obviously the murderous spouses (laughs) i hope you won't be one to murder right so but y'all um thank y'all for listening we will see y'all next week to talk about the the episode three and four so Mm -hmm. either watch episodes three and four or wait and then watch it but get those knocked in and we'll we'll knock those out rewatch if you need to rewatch we'll bring those in so you know how it is we love you katie go ahead sign us off yes also don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms um we are posting things for our fright fest month and Corey is posting a really cool quiz um on pretty much every movie that we're watching and i'm getting almost every single one of them wrong Um, so fun fact of the day it took Insidious three weeks to record um, the movie I thought it was a year and a half three weeks is is a crazy amount of time by the way y'all that's extremely fast that is extremely fast there are some films that haven't been shot in a couple of days really but yeah there's a couple of them they they shot it over like the course of like five days that's crazy Uh, but but, anyways follow us on instagram tiktok facebook um twitter 
And thank you so much for listening. Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcast, a five-star review. And um, yeah, anytime you are watching Netflix and you're binge watching, which we love to do as well. Um, and Netflix asks you, are you still here? Always. Press next. Every Bye, time. Bye, y'all.